Hello, audio listeners, and welcome to the Halfwits Podcast, where my brother and I discuss pop culture and geek out about all sorts of nerdy stuff. I'm Kieran, or Kieran Nimbus Online, and this is Tristan, otherwise known as Trons. Kaka, I'm Bird. All right, yeah. Staying on brand with the random interjection hellos. If you're not familiar with the format of the podcast, we each bring a topic from pop culture and a show-and-tell style discussion with a segment at the end of the pod where we talk about current events in pop culture. Sounds about right. So how are you doing? Small talk? How's it going? Uh, I'm, I'm just, uh, so this, so I'm moving out of my house in a month and a half. So right, today yeah. I was just packing some small stuffs up, but as all that's been packed up, we, uh, we're going to take it to Cincinnati tomorrow and go from there. It's going to be so pretty been, cool. Yeah, um, that's been my day. I slept, earned a new character in Apex, which is pretty exciting. I just did actually probably 10 minutes before this podcast. Really? Who'd you get? Uh, Ballistic. Right. Yeah. You were talking about that. Ballistic is super cool. He looked like he had some good abilities. Yeah, so I, I got excited to try him out. That makes sense. I haven't tried him out yet either. So, but yeah, with that out of the way, um, let's get this started. I'll go first, as per usual. I played a game for a very long time, and in fact, this game probably took more hours out of my life than nearly any other game. It's kind of comparable in time to like Binding of Isaac. I love this, and yet and. I indoctrinated you into the cult. Yep. It's called Enter the Gungeon, and it's a top-down, roguelike, shooter, bullet hell, you name it. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. Think... It's, a, it, it's like a 2D game where it's all pixelated, but it's like 8-bit style. But you run around in this gungeon. It's a dungeon that's themed around guns. Mm-hmm. And you just find these crazy guns everywhere that are just goofy. Like, there's one called the Fossilizer, it's a set of dinosaur bones that shoots out oil. Yeah. It's just random. Yeah, no. Uh, so the whole shtick of Enter the Gungeon is that it, it's not a dungeon. It's a gungeon. And so all the things in there are themed around guns. The the enemies that you fight, the uh, characters that you come across, they all have to do with guns. And I think... Yeah, yeah. So one of the main draws of the game, at least to me, is the difficulty. It's not, like, overbearing. Like, I think the most common hard game mode to think about is Dark Souls. But I think I think Enter the Gungeon is difficult in a way that isn't unsatisfying. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it, it's, it's, again, I think of Finding of Isaac. It's a very similar game uh, with all, a lot of the features are the same. From getting better stuff, upgrading yourself... Uh, things like secret rooms on the map. So it's a game that gets rewarding because every time you beat it or you you know, have some success, you get better stuff to maybe use the next time, even if it's randomized. Yeah. I, I really also... What I love about the game is the characterization. Like, it's very cute until it's not. <laughs> you know, like, it almost has that Ren and Stimpy effect. Like, you, you're going through the dungeon and there's these little chibi characters and all this stuff and then you get to the boss screen... And it's in extreme detail. Yeah. And they get intense. I mean, you might look at the enemies and the art being like, oh, okay, they're not too bad. And then you're sitting there playing, trying not to get shot by whatever they throw at you. And you're, you're eternally freaking out, like, trying to make sure you don't mess up. Because the yeah. littlest movement the wrong way will just knock you out. Yeah. And I, what I also appreciate about the game is that it has that, it has this, like, there's this trend in gaming I've noticed. I don't know if it's, you know something entirely new but the idea of picking a character that has a advantages and disadvantages this, this game also has that um and like you can try i'm i'm, I'm i got so excited about it I didn't even talk about it 
I didn't even talk about how the game works. So basically, like, you drop in to this little hub area, and the more that you play in the game, the more things you unlock in the hub area. And the way the game works is you go into the gungeon, you have your basic weapons that your character starts with, with some, like, passive and active abilities and stuff, and you you go from room to room in their gungeon, defeat enemies, and collect stuff. And then at the end of that floor, you find a boss. You collect the treasure, and then you move on to the next floor. Mm-hmm. If at any point you die, I think by default all the characters yep. have six hits. But just plenty. You restart. Yeah. Back to the hub world. You don't save any progress. Uh, now there is a save function, but you can only do it at the end of a floor. And when you hop back into the game, it's at the beginning of the floor. So yeah. I think the game doesn't it qualify as a rogue like. Yes. Where yeah. it's very similar to the uh, the older game Rogue, where every run is different. Uh, the whole layout of the map you're on, uh, wherever you're running to, wherever you're gunning to, it's different every time you play. So the the draw to it is that it's all randomized. So you might have a really good run where you're doing really well with really good stuff, and then there's other times when you just don't have that much good stuff. And, you know, it's it's a testament to skill and luck at the same time, you know, making do with what you have to get through to the next floor. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think the game also has a lot of mechanics that really uh, stand out in the... In a way, I know... This game is often compared to New Nuclear Throne and a couple of other roguelikes, but there's just a lot to delve into. And when you're playing the game, I mean, you're doing the same thing over and over again, but because the floors are procedurally generated and there are secrets to find, and of course, like you mentioned, the guns are <laughs> way over the uh, top. There's there's so many like Easter egg type guns. I mean, if you give me a second, I'll find a whole good little list of the funniest guns out there and let you guys hear them. Yeah, and uh, before we get to, like, the... I mean, we could even talk about some of our favorite guns because I know you and I have, like, our own favorite builds. Um, I I wanted to talk about the characters a bit because, for me, one of the most exciting parts about playing it is unlocking new characters because they're really hard to get. Um, on the Switch version, I've got basically everybody except the Gunslinger. Yeah, he's hard. He's He's, like, the last thing you can get. And I just, dude, I just don't have enough time in the day to quite get down there all the way. So it's it's, just it's actually, I'm actually kind of insecure about my Steam profile because it just doesn't have all the same things my Switch does. And I've been thinking about just hopping in and getting the achievements. But yeah, so going down the list, we have the Convict, the Hunter, the Marine, the Pilot. And then if you're playing two-player, the only character the second player can pick is the yeah. Cultist. If I remember correctly, the main one you liked is the pilot, yeah? Uh, sometimes. I like playing the bullet, too. So if you want to take a second to talk about the bullet, you can. Oh, sure, yes. Yeah. So these characters are the ones that I'm about to talk about are unlockable, and you usually have to use a, do a quest over, like, a hundred runs in order to collect the items or find the things or, yeah, it's usually a big thing. So you have the bullet, the robot, the paradox, and then the gunslinger. And both the bullet and the robot are probably... I mean, they're hard to unlock, but not not really. You have to do it a couple of times, basically. The Paradox and the Gunslinger are way tougher because it's circumstantial, mm-hmm. and you have to play extremely well. Yeah, it's just tough characters to get, but once you get them, and you actually get into the gungeon, you find out just 
how harder you've made the game by using one of these hidden characters. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, so the whole so one of them's called the bullet. His whole deal is instead of having a gun at the beginning of the game like you would, like a standard starter weapon, you get a sword called blasphemy. Blasphemy because it's you know it, you play as a character who's a bullet who's holding a sword instead of a gun. So it's just kind of ironic, right? Yes, yeah. So you get the blasphemy of that, but the trick is, because it's a sword, you really don't get a ton of range with it. You have to be up close with enemies, whereas normally you'd be used to staying away and just hiding behind stuff and playing safe. So that's just a way that you get a new character, but it's just way harder than everybody else who has long-distance weapons. Yeah, and make it better, right? This is a bullet hell game, so you would think that having a sword would just be the dumbest move on the planet, but... Blasphemy has the ability to destroy enemy projectiles when it's swung, so it's not... You can, like, very easily defend yourself. One of the best parts about Blasphemy is that it doesn't require ammo, so you can just avoid reloading. That's true. Uh, you just keep going. And it just is, it, it's useful, but it, it's got some good damage, but you just leave yourself really vulnerable in a game where you're trying to run from everything. Yeah, and uh, I think... You know what? Yeah, let's delve into, like our favorite builds because then after we talk about our favorite builds we can talk about like our least and most favorite bosses because i know i have like two that i hate but i hate them to death but i never want them in my runs yeah let's actually like let's continue with you because you've already established you like the bullet so it should be mentioned his passive makes it so that if he dodge rolls into an enemy he doesn't take damage oh uh, you can he just walk up damage. to an enemy and yeah. you'll be fine. But you're right, it does do damage if you roll into somebody. But yeah. I've never used it, or never found a good time to use it, unless I was just in a really weird pinch where there's nowhere to go except for forward. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, with it being a bullet hell, some of you guys might not know what that means exactly. It's like, um, what is it? Contra's not a bullet hell. Uh, like if It's a game where almost half the screen, uh, almost all times, is full of little bullets. In this yeah. game, they're shaped as like red circles, and they're just constantly on your screen so you have to move your character all over the place just to avoid them yeah like movement is really critical in bullet hell games and in this game one of the best tools for that is the dodge roll which allows you to go through bullets but only for a short burst yeah you just dodge right over them um there are items in the game too so besides guns you can get items that help out just either make your guns better or give you certain abilities that make you better yeah Uh, and some of these items get like really like i said the draw of the game is that the characterization of the of the guns and the items and you know the just everything it just oozes personality i just love this game for that it's definitely uh, i think it's an indie game technically right yeah so it's published by devolver digital which is one of my favorite publishers in the world uh they take indie developers games and then give them a much larger platform and in this game enter the gungeon i would have to remember what studio made it i just remember that it's published by devolver digital here let me take a look on the steam page yeah uh so it's made by devolver okay so i think that's right um so it's just a really yeah, nice Yeah, so game. it's made by Dodge Roll. It's made by Dodge Roll, which is the... It's both the company name and the move in the game. Yeah. So I was going to talk about some of the random items and stuff in the game. Um, I, I, on my phone, you can get 
for this game, there's like a like a encyclopedia you can have where you can look up all the items as you find them in the game to understand. That's how they helpful. Work. That because is really helpful. Because the game helpful. the game kind of tells you what certain items do, but sometimes it's a little unclear just because it just doesn't have time to tell you all the little uh, little tips and tricks for each item or weapon. But on yeah. the app, you can look it up and it'll tell you exactly how it works, what it's good with, stuff like that. Yeah, because there's a lot of things in the game that it doesn't tell you straight up it usually alludes to certain things but yeah so let's see uh you so, oh bless you excuse me we'll have to cut that out there's an item called monster blood which is from uh goosebumps and what it does is every time you get hit you drop a bunch of poison on the ground yep that's a funny little item uh let's see there's uh where'd that go there's spice which is from dune the book and uh, TV show now? Dude, the or, spice no, is show, so movie. weird. The spice, it makes you better, but if you use it once, then it starts showing up in all the chests on the map. So you have to find more, and it keeps telling you to take more like you're on drugs. And it's like, more spice, more spice, and it keeps changing the description of the items you find more. But the downside is, after you use it like twice or three times, it gets makes things worse for you. But it keeps showing up everywhere. That's an interesting item in the game. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a seven-leaf clover, which is just meant to be, you know, really good for luck. Uh, yeah. Turns all the chests in the game is really good chests. Uh, what else is in there? It's kind of funny. Let's see, there's a turtle, and there's uh, it just every time you go through a new room, a new turtle spawns to just walk around you and help out. Yes, and they block bullets, which is great. That is true, and they just walk around and they just have a good time. Uh, there's R two G two which is a gun mech robot. Uh, I don't know exactly what the G would stand for, but it's just a little R2-D2 that runs around and fires at enemies. That thing's pretty good. Dude, Um, have you experienced the pig? Pig? I don't think so. There's only one clip on my Twitch channel, and it's just the pig item. Like, when you get the pig, it, it the little it's a little pig that follows you as you're mm-hmm. walking, and he just looks really unimpressed with everything. And the item description is just like, yeah, this pig is clearly going to do something wrong to you. And then when you're about to die, he jumps in front of your bullet that's going to kill you, and he dies instead. <gasps> Not the pig. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he takes a bullet for you. He that, literally does. Interesting. Yeah, and the, the, the item description totally lies to you because it's like, don't trust this pig. This pig is clearly on the wrong side of the law. And then suddenly, boom, your life is saved. Yeah, that sounds pretty crazy. I mean, it's a good pig saving the day like that, putting his life on the line. That'll do, pig. That'll do. Yep. Uh, there are some guns, of course, that are crazy. Like, there's the lowercase r. Which That's one of my favorite ones. It's just, you, you hold this little pixelated r and you shoot and it's it's it shoots out the letters bullet at enemies bullet it, it, and it says that too it goes bullet 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 as you shoot it and it's just ridiculous yeah and each projectile is a letter in the word bullet so it goes b-u-l-l-e-t yeah it's uh, it's pretty cool there's a proton backpack which is from ghostbusters yeah it's just the ghostbusters backpack it's a laser and that goes out and shoots i don't remember if this I don't remember if it was a rumor or not, but I do remember hearing that if you and a co-op player both have the proton blaster and you cross streams, it does like quadruple damage. I don't know if that's a lie or not, but but I thought it was cool. I can't say I've tried it, so that'd be very interesting to know if it did. I mean, you would uh, both see. have to have the the gun, which would be extremely hard to find. 
They also got stuff that's just regular stuff. Like there's a wooden beam that's just like a two by four, and you just whack <laughs> yeah. it at enemies. Ch- no, actually, just... wait. That's that's better than it first appears because I got that, and it actually extends like it's a beam, like a beam weapon, like a laser beam. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It comes out in front of you, probably by about you know four characters length. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Uh, a lot of the guns in the game are in reference to a lot of stuff, too. And they have, like, hidden meanings where you don't recognize what it's from until you really look at it. Like, yeah. uh, what, wait, what's a good example? They have they have just a Winchester shotgun, but under, yep. like, its description, it says better than a box of roses, which is a reference to Terminator 2. Yeah, and, like, there's a lot of other ones. Like, you know, you have references to a lot of pop culture. I mean, they have, like... They have a jar of bees, and the description is, Not the bees! Not the bees! Not the yeah. bees! That, that um, makes sense. There's they one have... I vaguely remember, and I'm either... I'm trying to remember what it is, what it references, and I keep thinking it's like How I Met Your Mother or something, but I'm trying to find it, and I can't... I'm not recognizing it. I mean, uh, that's... It might take me, like, a few days to figure it out, or I'll remember it out of nowhere. Yeah, like, let's just it. be clear. If you wanted to try to go through all the items in the game we could be here for weeks i mean there are just so many in here i think i think if we wanted to did you maybe want to talk about your favorite build with the bullet it's hard to build something but if you like if you went through the game and you had an idea of what item and what gun you wanted what would those be if i could just kind of have it yeah i mean there's a lot of choices but i would probably pick So there's a black hole gun, which does exactly that. It shoots out a black hole. It absorbs all bullets in the area. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm wondering if you can use that successfully against a bunch of enemies and just dodge roll into them as a bullet with your sword or something. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you could or something to that effect. But I'd also probably want... uh, There's an item... I don't remember what it's called. Uh, It's like an armor synthesizer. Uh, Yeah, yeah. So the game has two types of health. There's regular health and then there's armor. And so armor keeps you from losing health. And it also clears out bullets in the room at one time if you get hit. Which another side effect of playing as the bullet is if you have full health, you can shoot out a sword as like a long range attack. Uh, That's a reference to The Legend of Zelda, yeah. Yep. The problem is if you take any damage to your health, you can't use your long range version of your sword. So, but if you have armor, you can take damage and you can still use that long range weapon for the bullet. So I would probably want that or something that would give me plenty of armor somehow. Okay. And do you have a favorite gun? Oh no, you already talked the about black it. Hole gun, okay, so because it just makes it so, so your favorite attack. combo would be the armor synthesizer and the black hole gun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think that's pretty good especially because being able to black hole somebody and then switch to your sword and then swing on them is pretty, pretty good. Oh, I'm, I'm, uh, before you go to yours, I'm, I'm seeing, I just looked up references in Enter the Gungeon, and there's probably about 20 to 30 references for sure. Uh, let's see. So some of them are like GoldenEye, the game for the Nintendo 64. So you get the AU gun. Yeah. Uh, what else do you get? Uh, so, you know, in, uh, Men in Black, he, uh, Agent J, Will Smith, he uses that tiny gun called the Cricket or something. Mm-hmm. In this game, there's the Grass Chopper, which is basically the same thing. Uh, there's the Duck Hunt Light Gun from the, uh, Nintendo Entertainment System, the NES. What else is there? You can get the, a, a giant brick, like in Mario, like a brick block, and just shoot Mario things, like shells of people. That's a funny one. Yeah. Yep. 
Let's see. I think that can't be all of them. I definitely remember more, but th there's more references than what's very obvious. So plenty of random things in the game to enjoy besides the gameplay itself. Yeah. Yeah. So um, beyond the references, I think, I mean, there are some items in the games that I really like seeing. Like the whole Gun Knights set, they're each an armor piece that give you armor and then and then they recharge at the end of every no at the beginning of every floor which is super I think great that's correct i just haven't ever found one but i think if i had to just choose one item and one gun i think i might choose the space friend have you ever gotten the space friend no oh yeah once it, it's it's just this little flying rocket ship that like pew pews at enemies and you can like hide behind it to block bullets which is really great I, i've only gotten it like two or three times but every time i have it's been amazing it's i love that item hmm. and then my favorite guns are like shotguns typically like i'm sure if i were to really analyze it i could come up with a gun that would help me more the often than the shotguns Makes sense. but i think it would be the huntsman because the huntsman has an axe at the front of it and reloading it makes it swing Kind of like the Blasphemy. So it has the benefit of the regular shotgun and the effect of the Blasphemy. So I, I, I think if I had to choose, it would be the Space Friend and the Huntsman. I think those two would be really cool. And I mean, I'm sure you know, but I love playing the Convict. Hmm. And so they have a Molotov cocktail that they can throw on the floor and explodes into fire. They have a shot off shotgun but you have to be really close to use it. And they have a passive where if you get hit, you do like double damage for a couple of seconds. So it's pretty aggressive huh. play style. Fair enough. Sounds like it. Aggressive for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I think, like I said, we could technically talk about all the items and all the characters in the game forever. But to round things off, I want to talk about the bosses in the game because there's a lot. And something to discuss here, and one of the big mechanics of the game, is that if you do manage to make it through the gungeon, like five floors with bosses at the end, yep. is it five or four? There's five if you count the dragon. Okay, yeah, so at the very end, you'll fight the high dragon, and it's a dragon made out of bullets. It's a really tough fight. Then you get to the end... Yeah. And you learn that you need to get the bullet that can kill the past because each of the main characters wants to get rid of their old past um, yes. over the course. And that's literally yeah. what it is, by the way. It's nothing like a weird wave. No, it's just like they want to get rid of their past. Yeah, so like you learn this and you have to go to this blacksmith on the last floor. Over the course of several runs, you sort of collect these items that then forge the bullet that can kill the past. And then from that point forward, you can always collect that bullet from the blacksmith and then go to the chest at the very end of the gungeon and you shoot and then you're forced to fight a final, final boss that resets your character's past. Um, it's called the gun that kills yes, the past. Yeah, so you, you you defeat them, and then you earn an alternate costume for your character as a little bit of a reward, and then you get, like, a picture of a relaxation moment at the end. So, yeah. I mean, each Fair floor enough. has some variation of what boss you could run into. Starting first, going down the list, we have the Bullet King, the Gatling Goal, and the Trigger Twins, of which all are on the first floor. 
The Gatling Gold's the funniest one there. He's just a giant bird who's ripped and has abs and pecs and stuff. Yeah. He's not even really a bird at that point. He's just a guy with a beak, and he just has this giant Gatling yeah. gun. Hence the Let Gatling me tell goal. you, he, he looks like he is a professional bodybuilder, but just has the head of a bird. A <laughs> professional, like, uh, like a Hispanic yeah. luchador, yeah. you know. And he carries this massive Gatling gun. He has a very predictable pattern, but if you get caught in it, it's really bad. And then the Bullet King, I mean, he looks like a bullet. He's very smug. He has this, like, crown. And then his whole shtick is that he has multiple attacks that fill the room with bullets, but it usually takes one dodge roll to get through them. Honestly, my least favorite is the Trigger Twins, because they're just a hassle to get through. They... There's two of them, so you have to kill one and the other. And once you kill one, the other one gets angrier and fires, like, twice as fast. It's a whole thing. So those are all first floor bosses, and they have a ton of health, too. Yeah. A lot of dodging, a lot of shooting. When I first played this game, it took me a a while to get past the first boss. Uh, Especially... Now there's hardly a run where you can't. Yeah, yeah. Usually, right now, if I were to hop on and play the game, I think I could make it to the fourth floor, but those fourth floor bosses are, like, really, really tough. I mean, even the last boss, I think he's easier than the... The fourth floor boss, if I'm being honest. Yeah, because it's, I mean, by that point, you have, like, items that you need, and typically, you know his pattern. I mean, he fills the screen with bullets, but they're little spots that you can dodge roll to. Uh, so second floor. We'll get to the fourth yeah, floor. Yeah, so. Second floor, it has, a uh, has, they all have three bosses on them, except for the last yes. floor. The second floor has got a giant snake called the Ammo Conda. The Ammo Conda. Yeah, it's yeah. basically Snake the game where you, you know, yeah. you're the snake. Trying yeah, to and you're trying pellets. to blow up the pellets before the snake gets to them because otherwise they heal. Then there's the beholster, which is like D and D a beholder, which is a giant floating. Yeah, animal. this thing has like six arms, and they all have different guns, and they all yeah. fire. Yeah, the advantage though is that while you're dodging the missiles and the machine gun fire and all that stuff, uh, he is standing still, so. The only challenge, really, is to try to dodge his stuff, and then you can just fire at him. True. And then the last one of the second floor is the Gorgon, which is like Gorgon, like a myth. What is that, Greek? Yeah, like Medusa. uh, Yeah, so it can stop you from using your weapons and stuff uh, if it turns you to stone for a minute. Yeah, and, and like she dives underneath the water of this area, and honestly, she's probably the hardest one of these buses to fight because she has like multiple phases, and you have to be like very careful you know, where you're standing, because if you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time, she has that big, like, blast attack, and you're just going to get hit by it, almost guaranteed. I find the Amaconda snake to be the hardest, because he doesn't have a pattern to his bullets. You can't look what he's, like, the way he does it is he shoots out a bunch of bullet trains, so just a bunch of bullets following each other that follow the path of Snake the game. But there's, like, a whole bunch at once all going different directions. You can't tell what's mm-hmm. where. So with the Gorgon, at least everything's coming from her in the middle. You can just kind of dodge it out of the way. Yeah. Uh, on the third floor, you got the Cannon Balrog, which is a Balrog, but Cannonball mixed I hate it. that one. I think we just both hate it. that one. This is the one I was talking about that I hate. It's, this one's terrible. It rolls around and will hit you as well as shoot things at you. And it can turn the whole screen dark and make itself go invisible. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a cannonball with a skull face that rolls around the room and it disappears sometimes and shoots things while it rolls around. It's super annoying. If you've seen the movie Mystery Men, it's like the bowling ball. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's the Mind Flayer, 
uh, no D in mind. It's an E instead. So the mine right. flare. That's just kind of like a mind flare. Uh, kind of like a Demogorgon in style. Uh, from Stranger Things, that and D&D, Cthulhu, so. right? The same sort of like, yeah, yeah, Squid it's, Face, it's a weird mix. yeah. He's not too bad. Um, there's also the Treadnought, which is just a giant tank. Yeah, it's you just gotta outrun a tank. And honestly, I love the Treadnought because they put pillars in the room that you can hide behind. And, and I mean, like, it's a limited time thing. So when the Treadnought starts shooting the tank fire and it hits these walls, they get destroyed. But they're like. I don't know, like 10 of them in the room. So you can like hide behind one, shoot at it, hide behind one, shoot at it. That's probably one of the easiest. The mind flare is kind of tough because there's a portion where he kind of disappears and it's a guessing game of where or where he's hiding. And if you hit the wrong bell, it explodes. So yeah, the third floor bosses Uh, are tricky, but the cannonball rock is the one I hate the most. Yeah. On the fourth floor, uh, there's there's three bosses. One of them is objectively the worst. Uh, but first, uh, there's the high priest, which is very similar to that mind flare, just a little. He, he's very tricky. Yeah, it's another. They, he runs around. He hides around. Uh, but he shoots you just the same. Um, it, it's doable. It's not too terrible. Um, I think he's from a game called Hexen. If I mm. remember right. Um, let me look. Uh, Hexen. I don't know exactly what that is. Uh, it's a first-person shooter uh, back in 1995. Oh, wow. So apparently that was a uh, character or boss. Uh, the objective worst boss, I think probably in the whole game for everybody, maybe, is a set of four stone pillars called the Kill Pillars. Yeah. They're, they're just terrible because they limit where you can walk, and they are four different things that go out and can hit you and shoot at different times, and it's just chaos. Yeah, I mean... Hard. The, I dislike them for the same reason I dislike the Trigger Twins, except there's four of them now. And when they're on the screen, and when he says that it limits your walking area, like, you can only use 10% of the floor because the entire rest of the screen is filled with bullets that you can't dodge through. And then in that 10% area, yeah. there's there's also more bullets being shot at you, and there's a thing that you have to dodge constantly as it swings around. And, and yeah, it is really tough. It's I'm ridiculous. sure... The last one... Oh, uh, no, no, no. Yeah. You can go ahead. I was going to say the last boss on the fourth floor is probably one of the easiest of the game, I think, because it's very repetitive and the pattern's very easy. I don't think I've ever lost to it. It's called the Wall Monger, which is just a giant wall that closes you in a room. But the room's really long, so, I mean, you, you have plenty it, of time it, to yes. kill him. But he just he just pushes towards you. It's kind of like... It's a, a chase sequence. Like... Yeah, it's very, like, hole-in-the-wall style, but you're running away from it. Yeah, because it's, it's like, it's really, you're constantly yeah. running backwards as the wall is coming towards you, which is unique to any of the other bosses, because all the other ones, you're in a stationary room, but in this one, you're constantly running away from the wall. So, yeah, that's interesting. Reference-wise, reference apparently, some there's they don't know, uh, like, this wiki I'm on doesn't know where it's from. Some people say it's the Wall of Flesh from Terraria. Uh, some people say it's a demon wall boss from Final Fantasy. Some people say it's a living wall from D&D, second edition. Uh, pretty much it. Some DC comics, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it has to have a reference, but there are a lot of references in this game. Yeah, so. And the last boss that's basically in the game is this high dragon. There's no variations on the fifth board. It's just the dragon. 
And it's just a giant dragon. It shoots you. Yeah, you're standing uh, on like 50% of the screen. It's like this little bridge that you're on. And then the dragon is just like flying in front of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everywhere. They're very scattered. It's hard to see. There's not, there is a pattern, but with how many bullets there are, it's hard to tell what the pattern is anyway. And kind of use it to your advantage. Yeah, there's a stage in the game after you get it to low enough health where it becomes pretty predictable, but it's still pretty tough. Like the entire screen fills with bullets... And there are, like, little sections in that where where there's a little hole that you can jump to. So, yeah. Then there's a few, like, hidden bosses in the game. I mean, we, we, we don't have to talk about them, but there's a few in there that are just for yeah. fun. Um, and just make the game harder if you get to Yeah, the occasional mini-boss in the game, too. There's a couple of those in the game. And then, of course, the, like, after you get the bullet to kill the past, you can fight a couple of bosses that are unique to those uh, backstories. And then last but certainly not least is the Lich. I have not beat the Lich yet. They... I don't have enough good stuff in my game to get to beat the Lich. Yeah, the Lich is how you get the last character in the game, the Gunslinger. But, dude, that fight is unremarkably difficult. uh, Not unremarkably, remarkably difficult. It is so difficult to beat. I haven't beat it yet. And this, so instead of basically doing the thing that we said where you take the bullet to kill the past and you go back in time, you jump on a hole in the universe and go to bullet hell, which is sort of a secret sixth floor. It is so, so, so difficult. I I know people that, that play this game more than me have like, gotten to the point where if they don't make it to bullet hell where it's a failed run but like man it is it is a tough tough area for sure and one that i've only made it to a couple of times mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but yeah i think kind of ridiculous i think that's enough gungeon for today uh, uh what did you bring well that was about well that was about 40 minutes so that's most of our time right there so we'll keep this on the shorter side sure yeah uh so so there's a show i've been watching lately uh, that I'm catching up on, and it's a longer show. It's got 16 seasons on it. Uh, probably started out in like 2005, maybe, kind of around then. Uh, and it, it's it's got a following, or at least had one, but I guess it ended a few years ago. Uh, Supernatural is this really long show that follows the two brothers, Sam and Dean Winchester. Okay, yeah. I, I haven't watched a ton of Supernatural, but I know that her sister was really into it. Uh, when did you get into it? Uh, probably five months ago-ish, kind of uh, around January. Okay. Yeah. So I'm I'm at season nine out of sixteen, I think, or maybe I'm at ten. I it's it's a little hard to tell where I'm at. Yeah. Uh. But basically, each season's its own story. Uh, it's all continuous uh, serial. So all the stuff that happens each episode, you have if you want to stay caught up with the story, you have to see each episode. Okay. Yeah. So I mean. I know it's hard to ask because I'm sure there's a lot that's happened, but what is the general story like? Like, what's going on? Who are these guys? So I'll start by saying first, I thought the show was going to be a really cheesy, uh, very like, uh, well, I mean, it was always associated with Tumblr whenever I heard anything (laughs) about it. (laughs) Not hating on Tumblr people by any means. It's just when you hear a show is, when you only hear a show in reference to Tumblr and a lot of fan art and fandom stuff and all this like fan fiction stuff, it, it makes you think like, oh boy, I, I don't know if I want to watch that. That sounds like it gets Yeah, bad. right. But no, it's actually a, a really good show. It's by the CW. Um, and the CW, they kind of have their own style of drama and kind of 
you know, like, I don't know how to describe it. Drama's probably the best way I can describe it. I kind of think of, like, all the DC stuff they're doing now, like The Flash and whatnot. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, So, but, like, I don't know. It might not just be my thing. Uh, Supernatural or the DC No, just stuff? the CW's drama. Like, it just feels so artificial to me. I don't know if I could get past. It's the primary reason I, think... I didn't like The Flash. It just had so much unnecessary drama inside characters. I think... What I like about Supernatural is it does that a lot less. Okay. It it doesn't feel like it's all just made up for the episode. Because a lot of what characters have with each other drama-wise lasts for a while. It's not just, oh, we fixed it at the end of the episode with a two-minute talk. No, it's kind of like a, they have to grow and get better with each other. And they have to deal with each other all the time. I mean, Sam and Dean, are con- as brothers, the ones that do mm-hmm. all the hunting, constantly are at each other's throats for different things. Uh, and, but they, they can still get through and do their job. So the premise of the show, uh, it, it's, it's uh, these two brothers. <laughs> two brothers. <laughs> two brothers, like Rick and Morty. Two brothers that do the thing. But the show's not called Two Brothers. But, uh, yeah, so they go... Uh, their father was a hunter for supernatural stuff in the world. They stick to the U.S., though. So they go state to state, and they hunt down whatever creature, demon, stuff is in the in the U.S. It can be mythological. Uh, they fought gods like uh, Zeus and uh, Loki. They fought different random creatures like werewolves, um, kaijus. Not kaijus. Uh, well, what's the thing? Uh I know what I'm thinking of. I can't remember what it's called. Um, you know, there was that dog in Capcom, uh, Marvel versus Capcom. Oh, uh, Nine Tails. Um, no, Amaratsu. That one. No, uh, that's the dog. What am I thinking of? I don't know. The, I, I don't know why I'm thinking of that specific one right off the top of my head. Um, I can look up supernatural creatures in the show. They fought leprechauns, uh, all kinds of stuff, and. So some of the show is kind of biblical, but not in a, like, oh, you're reading the Bible, but in a, oh, it uses creatures from the Bible. Because in about season four, angels get introduced as well as demons to the show. Okay. Uh, and a form of heaven. Uh, God himself isn't really brought into the show till way later, but uh, it's kind of pulls on a lot of different mythological things, and they go and fight it and hunt them down. But each season, there's a whole new, like, uh, big event going on like uh where am i at i'm in the one oh yeah so i'm at a point where one of the brothers dean he has the mark of cain which is kind of making him kind of really angry at everybody and his brother and stuff just like Cain. right yeah uh you don't need to know biblical stuff to watch it just sometimes it can help to understand so before you go any further Uh, you know like uh, tell me if this comparison is wrong but to me this seems like the fantasy counterpart to doctor who kind of I could see that comparison. Just the way you're describing it, like there's a monster of the week, you go to a location, you fight the monster, and then you learn about some wacky stuff, right? It's 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 kind of, I, I, it's similar, but it's definitely a lot. It can get a lot. Oh, darker. okay. Uh, maybe just in visuals, it's very dark. It's not always like bright and sunny, or as like whimsical as Doctor can be sometimes. It's usually pretty gloomy mm-hmm. looking. But you know, it there's well, I think where I'm at right now, it's a lot of like angels and stuff is kind of the whole deal like they get cast out of heaven where i'm at in the show right now <laughs> so all the angels are on earth causing all these problems because some of the angels are, are assholes just generally oh power scaling so they they just suck 
so they're on Earth, and they're causing problems, killing people and stuff. And so, you know, Sam and Dean are like, well, guess we got to fix this now. Uh, the show has had a lot of uh, celebrity guests on there. Like, Samuel L. Jackson was in season two, like right at the beginning, in an episode with the Seven Deadly Sins as demons. You know, I also did hear that they had a collab with Scooby-Doo at one point. I haven't gotten to that episode yet, so it's got to be after season nine, if that's where I'm at. So, but yeah, I, I think I've seen a bit and clip uh, pieces of it. I'm pretty sure they curse in that one, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy. That's funny. So I'd be, I'm waiting to watch that one. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, Felicia Day. Okay. She's in, she's a recurring character. Where I'm at in the show, she just went to the land of Oz to go hunt down creepy. Dude, Oz. just hearing about this sounds batshit crazy. <laughs> like it kind of like, gets that they way. They have far um, past jumping the, cool the shark. Is, At least that's what it sounds like. Yeah. So okay. So so some of the show is is on that biblical stance of angels and demons, but there's a lot that's just not. It is just crazy. There's a lot of meta episodes too. There was an episode where Sam and Dean were trying to get away from an angel for some reason or another, and they end up in an alternate universe where they are actors playing in the show supernatural okay yeah i think i actually heard about that one so they, they so they go through the portal and then they're they're walking around and they're on this movie set and they're like wait in this dimension are we actors and everybody's like oh yeah you know uh jensen ackles and uh uh jared uh ha ah, shoot jensen ackles and i can't remember the other, i don't know why i'm blanking on his name uh the actor's names and they have to pretend to be actors for like a few days till they get out it's a very meta episode of that's just how it is um there are episodes where they fight different uh mythological gods and deities they've uh who are they fighting some of the love gods like aphrodite oh wow knocked them out there are some pagan gods in there and the pagan uh gods are pretty ruthless so they had to stop those guys because they you know, sacrifice stuff and whatnot. There's other creatures too. So like, kinds, like morphling. Can you tell me how like just two dudes just fight gods on the reg? So the thing is, they they usually can find out information on them either using the internet or old books or archives. And depending on where you are in the show, they have different uh, access to different stuff. Um, like they have a guy named Bobby who's their kind of like guy in the chair who is also a hunter, but he usually stays home. So he has this massive library and journals of other creatures. So they'll hear about how to stop one of these things, and they'll have to go get it. But it's usually, depending on the source material, relevant. Mm. So, like, like, the pagan ones, it's if I remember right, it's something like, usually like a wooden stick of some kind from a specific type of tree with blood on it. It's like the perfect weapon. Uh, in the show, angels all have their own, like, swords kind of things. Demons are just... They don't have any specific weapons, right. but they have fire. But they can, like, cleanse out all demons with, like, holy water. That works. You know, they have a little sigil. You know, like, the pentagram symbol? Sometimes people assume that means, like, Satan or something. It kind of means the opposite, actually, in use. The little star yeah. pentagram? That kind of means to prevent demons. So people get a weird rap on that. So Sam and Dean use stuff like that, whatever they hear or whatever, and go do stuff. And uh, spoiler for the end of the show, I've heard, haven't gotten there yet, I'm pretty sure they just straight up kill God. Oh, sure, why not? <laughs> I'm like, I've heard that. I haven't gotten there yet, but I'm like confident they just uh, Again, God. it just sounds insane. Like when you're telling me these things, it's like, it, yeah, these two dudes just up. like kill gods, deal with angels, I guess. Sure, why not? Well... And right in the like first two seasons, or pretty much until Angels came in around season four, it's just them going around the country doing basic demon killing stuff. 
easy demons, nothing like famous like Lucifer. I think the biggest one they deal is Azazel. So they just kill like basic creatures and demons and stuff. But then as the seasons go on, the stakes get higher and higher and higher for different reasons. Like they go to a place that's not even hell or heaven and it's called uh, uh, Purgatory where all the creatures that they kill go. Because they don't go to heaven or hell. They go to a special place. So the stuff just gets like crazier and crazier each season. But it's pretty cool. And I like to see how they adapt stuff to modern. Yeah, I I assume like part of the charm of the show is like if you don't love every single episode. If you're a big fan of mythology and, and you see like, I don't know, have they fought Thor yet? I don't recall but again i haven't sure the show. sure i'm still like six seasons till the end they uh, for example like if um, i was a big fan of thor mythology and it's like these two fight thor this episode i'd be like oh yeah sure i'd watch that yeah i see i have a whole list of everything they've killed uh or all the cre- wait hold on wait, wait wait let me look up uh supernatural gods uh gods and monsters oh that's an episode called gods and monsters that's not it uh deities so there's a whole bunch of deities that they fight for different reasons whatsoever um the way they like bring them okay so like let's talk about like greek mythology okay like, that had zeus in it right yeah and uh no wait Ze- yeah zeus yeah zeus i think zeus was in the show but he was just like a regular guy he looked like a regular dude with lightning powers all right so he didn't look like a god up and up on mount olympus he was just like a regular guy who was just powerful and just walking around all right uh who else uh I'm trying to remember. It's 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 again nine seasons. So I'm trying to look stuff up to like basically remember. Uh, some of their attitudes as gods is very similar to what they are in their own mythologies. Uh, why is this so hard to find? But well, we can always cut out this little bit if we if if it takes me way too long to find something. Mm-mm. Gods that supernatural fights. Oh, there's a whole list of the top thirty. Okay, I don't know any of these things. Oh, okay. Here's one. So there was a Slavic mythological creature, a uh, god, named Leshy. And it had the ability to be anything. Uh, Leshy's a creature who can transform themselves into whatever okay. they want. So they were getting all of their, like, designs, or, like, how, who they would turn into from a wax museum. No, oh, okay, interesting. It, as a way to, like, learn where they're from, um, coming from. Um, some characters have special abilities in their mythology, or, like, curses and stuff, that shows up in the show in an interesting way like prometheus is the character in in the zeus greek stuff who's a character who can't die hmm. so in the show prometheus is just a guy who just dies every day but he's a regular guy he just dies every interesting day. and they find out and they're like how this guy die three days in a row and is still here you know it's because he's prometheus he can't die that's just his whole, his whole shtick and like in that episode he has a kid or something and they worry if he has the curse too uh, Balder, uh, one of the other guys who can't die in Norse mm-hmm. mythology, uh, was actually defeated by Lucifer, I think. If I okay. Right, just because. Lucifer went in and killed a whole bunch of gods at once, actually, if I remember right. The gods had a meeting to try and stop Lucifer, and Lucifer crashed it and totally just wrecked them all. I'm just saying, there's a lot of cool stuff in the show that's just... It's hard for me to, like, pinpoint them, because there's been so many different things, and stuff I don't even know about yet. So looking it up, I'm not even finding it properly. There's a ton ton of stuff to look at and enjoy watching how they transform it. Uh, yeah when you talk about the show it sounds like a show that i would watch for the first few seasons and then when angels start to show up i'd be like hmm well i think i'm good <laughs> yeah, yeah it's not uncommon a lot of shows jump the shark at some point but I- i'm glad you're enjoying it you s- you said that you're still in it still enjoying it yeah i'm really only in it because 
there's also a bunch of episodes where they just do really fun Sure, things. yeah. Like, there's an episode, Loki is a character that shows up a few times. And in one episode called Changing Channels, Sam and Dean are just on other TV shows, like uh, Happy Days and stuff like that, or like uh, Emergency Hospital. Oh, ER. cool. And it's a whole episode where they're trying to figure out why there are all these TV shows, getting, you know, like sitcoms and stuff. And Loki just has them on the TV. That's interesting. Straight up. Yeah. There's one episode that's Groundhog Day, basically, where Dean keeps dying and Sam keeps reliving the same day over and over again. Also caused by Loki, by the way. Or I think they call him the trickster in the show at that point. But it's just Groundhog Day over and over again, watching Dean die in the funniest way. Yeah, I would imagine. The other, the other thing the show has is it has a really good sense of humor about it. It's not just boring all the time. There is some funny to it. Yeah. So they, they're always very meta, or they just laugh. They just have really stupid things in it. So worth a watch if you have some time. It's a long-running show, so you have plenty to watch, and you don't have any rush to watch it. So. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's awesome you brought it up. I think Supernatural has always been in the background to me. I haven't really given it a chance, but I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll check it out. Because it, it, it's always been in my peripheral. Anywho, um, to sort of begin wrapping things up, did did you have anything to show for pop culture news? Because I know that I have something to talk about. Uh, I was going to talk about how, so with where we're at, the, uh, the, the two movies, The Flash and Elemental, have come out. Yes. Kind of over the weekend slash the late end of the week. I... If I, if I'm, I was just yeah. about to say, I don't know if I'm going to see The Flash. I don't know if I'll w- watch it in theaters. I, I'm I, not sure if I'll The like best it. explanation I've heard for why people are going to see this movie is because it's an obligation to see where the DCU is going. Yeah, the whole... I, I'd watch it for Batman. I'm just still mad about Ezra yeah. Miller. Bring back yeah. Grant Gustin. I, in, I want Grant Gustin. I don't know. Elemental didn't grip me like other movies have. I think the animation is going to be awesome, but... Yeah. Um... um uh, I've heard they have not done fantastic in the theater. Um, it looks like it's getting some money, but it doesn't look like it's getting Gotcha. Money. Okay. So that's the Wait, okay. Thing. So I want to talk about this because I still don't know if I'm going to see it. The Barbie movie. Have you seen the trailers for this? Yeah. Um, I've seen two trailers. One is like a regular trailer and one that's like 2001 Space Odyssey, but Barbie. Okay. Interesting. That's a weird one. I, that's a very uh, like random trailer I remember watching a while ago, maybe a year ago or something. But it looks good, I think. I mean, it's very. It also looks very meta as a show, so it's gonna be making fun of itself. Yeah. So uh, the concept of being Barbie. Uh, dude, I just don't know. I, uh, what the trailer? The trailer got me by saying, "If you hate Barbie, this movie is for you." And I was like, "What? Yeah. Uh, sure, I guess. I, I don't know." Like, to me, it seems like a very f- classic well, fish-out-of-water scenario where you take a character and put them into a, the real I'm, world. I'm pretty sure that's most of the plot is what happens. So, so she leaves her Barbie world and goes to the real world, and then the owner of Mattel, which owns Barbie, which is played by Will Ferrell, is like, uh, what are you doing out here? And I think he's trying to hunt her down. That's kind of what I gathered from the Okay. Trailer. So it's kind of her running from the law somehow, I guess not entirely sure i mean it's a trailer it's a teaser so but from the gab like from the look that's kind of the vibe i get also might i just say casting ryan gosling as ken it just makes way too much sense solid i don't know if he's playing dumb on purpose at this point because it could totally just be him <laughs> i don't know but he looks good he, he plays ken really yeah good. yeah in the trailers at least anywho uh I just, like i said i don't know if i'm gonna see it i was like pretty interested 
it's telling me that if I hate Barbie, I should see this movie, so maybe I should. I mean, I, I'm trying to... I'll probably watch it, but I don't know if I'll watch it in theaters. Yes. I only watch, a, like, maybe a movie, a theater movie every other month or so-ish. Maybe every month, depending on what's coming out. Like, I still haven't seen Mario. Um, Dude, have you... I think, so sorry to interrupt you, but have you seen the discourse about people being like, yeah, the Barbie movie is going to make more than Oppenheimer? Probably. I haven't seen that, but I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm not a history guy. I'm really bad at like old social studies type stuff. I, as much as Oppenheimer sounds cool, I would be so bored. Dude, it just, it, it's so, it sounds so funny to me to be like, hmm, who do you think will win? A movie about Barbie or nuclear war? The first <laughs> nuclear war movie. It's just like, it almost reminds me of when Doom and Animal Crossing came out at the same day. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Well, and everybody always ships Isabel and... Doom Which is super cute. Uh, by the way, it's a platonic relationship. They don't do the do, but, oh, but yeah, yeah. So, like, I thought that was super cute. But anyway, I just got the same vibes since people are just comparing the two movies right. since they're coming right. out. It doesn't matter. There's always that one fan fiction. There's always a Rule 34. You can't guarantee that it's platonic. Yeah, but, like, we can help. We can help. Not saying I, I want that. It just, it's the end. Okay, yeah, so what at the do? end... You established last time that you have a corny joke. Do you have one this time? Uh, yeah. So, oh, oh, here's one off the top of my head. Okay. What do you get when you mix a flying animal with a vegetable? Um. Oh, I thought, I, I thought you were going to I'm really trying to gauge this one. I think I've, t- I've definitely told you this one. This is, I've made this joke <sighs> up. Oh, I, I don't know. What is it? It's an avocado. Avocado. Uh, and with that. But that's not all. That's not all. Because the, the tricky part is they look the same like regular duck, but there is one key difference, and it's how they sound. Because regular ducks quack, but avocados quack. <laughs> quack, 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 quack. Okay, yeah, quack, quack, with, quack, quack, quack. with my soul crushed, uh, this is where we write things down. You can find me at all the places, at Kiernimbus, on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. And Trons is still trying to build a brand, but you can find some of his edited content. What? I wasn't trying to build you, a brand. You totally definitely are. Uh, you can find some of his editing content on my Code of Lamp series on YouTube, so you should check it out. With that, we say thanks for watching, and see you guys later. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you. Bye.